Hey guys, just wanted to start out and uh, give you a little preview of this upcoming episode and also just a, a huge thanks to everybody that listened, all the support we have had. Uh, you know, we really didn't know what to expect and, and we appreciate that. You know, we've had five different countries, it says, listening to this podcast, which is something that we uh, haven't imagined at all. You know, we, we just really want to thank everybody, all the supporters, you know, lots of people made shared on Facebook and, and, and you know, to get our word out there and get the episode out there. And uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know really what what we were expecting, but I don't know as if it was what we've what we've gotten so far. So thanks to thanks for for that, everyone. That's uh, really encouraging. And, and for us, it's it's motivating to to keep this thing going. And, and Chris and I are really excited to bring to you some more new uh, keep telling stories of uh, of new and old and um, yeah, having some having some fun along the way. Absolutely. Uh, just keep up the sport if you can, and uh, we'll keep the podcast coming as quick as we can. And just a little preview on this, this episode here, we're going to have Kevin Roback from Inland, Nebraska. Him and his dad have been collecting, and his grandfather, you'll hear, uh, for many years. They have over 50 tractors, and uh, 30 of them are actually pre-30 steel wheel tractors. So enjoy. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to episode three of Steel Wheel Stories. Uh, I'm Chris, and with me is Jake Somerville, as usual. And tonight we have a special guest, Kevin Roback. Uh, Kevin, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, and we'll go from there. Okay, thank you. Uh, my name's Kevin Roback. I live in Inland, Nebraska, which is south-central Nebraska. Uh, I live with my wife and three kids. I farm with my dad, I guess... He's been within a mile and a half of here for over 140 years. Oh, wow. Wow, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. And just to give uh, people a little bit of backstory, so me and Jake know Kevin through the hobby. We don't know him super well, uh, and that was kind of the exciting part about this. Uh, with our last guest, obviously, he was one of our uh, best friends, so we knew a lot about him. So this is going to be good for us is to kind of – we're learning along the way, you know, Hey, Kevin, how did you get into the hobby and all this kind of stuff? Because that's stuff that we don't really know. So we're really looking forward to it. So yeah, I've met Jake once and I've met you a couple times, Chris. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. will be fun. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you know, you mentioned your dad, you know, how did, how did the hobby come about for you guys? I mean, obviously you're more towards the tractor people, uh, but you know, you're into steam a little bit here and there with the show and stuff like that. You know, what, what brought all this about for your family? How did it get started? Well, I guess going back a long ways on, uh, my side of the family, they always farmed with, with horses, but on my grandmother's side in the early 1900s, he had a, a threshing rig, uh, by Fairmont, Nebraska, early Huber, you know, the small Huber with the short canopy of just over the platform. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He had one of yep, those yep, yep. in a 65 horse case and then a Waterloo boy. So okay. he was, the scene has always been in the family. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was pretty uh, progressive back then. He even had a, uh, international high wheel truck. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. And none of it survived. It all got but, cut up during the war. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was going to be my next that... question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a shame? But like, we, there's so so many people that have the history there that everything ended up being scrapped. And it, it's rare that you find someone. Oh yeah, we still got that. You know, that's pretty. That's a pretty rare, rare thing anymore. Yeah, we do have the the steam gauge for the Huber and the owner's manual for the Waterloo Boy. Okay. My dad's cousin said that when they went to get rid of the Waterloo Boy, they were going to start it up to drive to the scrapyard. But the kids had crossed the spark plug wires, so it wouldn't start. They did it as a joke, <laughs> so they, they scrapped it in the yard. Really? Wow. Wow. Any, is there, yeah, uh, kind of makes me... is there like old pictures of this stuff from your family and stuff like that? Yeah, we have a picture of uh, all three of them. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah. Man, that, that would be an awesome picture to share with the, the listeners out here. That would be a really great picture to show. Okay, yeah, I'll have to send you a, a picture then. Yeah, I mean, that's something, well, I don't know if you listened to the first episode, but, like, uh, Jake kind of has that in his family history, but in my family, that's not the case at all. 
you know, it'd be really cool if you could go back, but really my family's history with the hobby goes back to the sixties and that's about as early as the pictures are. I can't imagine having black and white photos of, of your ancestors doing that stuff. So then my, my grandfather, he was a custom combiner here in the thirties the and they, my dad always said that they never threshed around here late. Uh, the combines came in really early in the early thirties. So no one was threshing around here. So there's never a lot of prairie tractors or steam engines because they went to row crops, a lot of farm alls and L's and C cases. Uh, my grandfather bought a C case in 36 right after high school and he custom combined with that and an L case. He went to Texas and then went up all the way to North Dakota with those two. And then he wow. kept this. We still have the C case. Oh, wow. That's quite a run. That's quite a run. I can so imagine doing that of, on a steam engine. Oh, yeah. So he always liked other stuff. And in the 40s, he bought an Altman Taylor. Okay. Uh, a mile south of me during World War II, they started a naval ammunition depot. And it ended up being about 40,000 acres. And they made 40% of all munitions for the Navy during World War II. Wow. And since he had trucks grain trucks he helped people move because they were aggressively moving all the farmers and buildings out uh-huh. and and he bought a 36 yaltman taylor off one of the farms but then he got pressure during the war and some parts got taken off of it that he ended up scrapping it and every time at a show when we saw an altman taylor he told me that story <laughs> he was trying to put the bug in you to get one bought wasn't he uh, yeah yeah what year would have that been that they were scrapping that? It was in the mid-40s during the war. Mid-40s. Yeah. And it was a running tractor when he got it. But then when he was off custom combining, you know, people stole parts off of it. And then he really got pressured since he had a bad back. He failed the physical. He couldn't go to the war. So I think there's a little guilt there. So he scrapped the Try it. Trying to find yeah. a way for him to help out or, or whatever yeah. they were putting the pressure on. Huh. We still have a couple parts. He kept the lubricators and then oh, our door holders on one of our buildings or the spokes out of the wheels. And we just found this winter the canopy brackets were wired up hanging in the corner of a building. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he kept those. <laughs> he, he thought he might use them someday. That's all there is yeah. to it. <laughs> huh, that's pretty neat. But then he got started collecting in uh, about 72, our local town had their, their centennial. And they went around all the farmers and wanted some of the, the old farm machinery there for a parade. And they knew he still had his C case. But at the time, the case wasn't running. So uh, that winter, which he missed the centennial, my dad and him restored it. And that kind of got him the, the bug. Because in the following year, he's like, you know, I restored the C. I kind of want an L since I farmed with the L. And he went and found an L case. And that then it kind of snowballed from there. Got into to collecting more and more, huh? Yeah. So, like, to stay around that era of machinery? Or did he venture into the older stuff? Or even a little bit newer than that? Or what did he kind of stick with? He really wasn't very picky. <laughs> He was, Just about he anything. Going to, yeah, he liked going to sales and talking to people. And if something went cheap, he kind of bought it. But he, he then decided kind of items that had been around here he wanted. There used to be a heart par that would come and shell corn on his parents' farm. So mm-hmm. he always wanted a heart mm-hmm. par. So I think it was about 1984 at Bird City, Kansas. I think the it was the Roy Kite auction. You guys okay. have heard that name yep. before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he bought a 2850 on that. And I'd say that was the first of his more rare tractors. Okay. And then he decided he always wanted a, a Rumley about three miles east of my house. He said growing up on the farm, there was an E and an F that a guy farmed with. And he always liked the Rumley. So he all, he'd been looking for, for a Rumley. In 86, he bought auction in Lawrence, Kansas first rumley that we bought okay what what size tractor was that it was a six okay okay oh yeah i think the 
the first time I would have seen you, I think, was at the first Prairie Plowing Days, and you had a, a K-Oil pole with you then. Uh, was that something yeah. that he collected, or was that something you and your dad? Or My dad got that. We'd been wanting okay. a, a 1220, and man, they, they're hard to find. <laughs> of all places, we saw one listed on eBay. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, the, yeah. The guy had a phone number and a buy it now. So we, yeah. we called him, and we were able to get him down a little bit and buy it, and it was at Portland. And I told him, oh, like, wow. you know, <laughs> like, if you buy the, it's like, dad, I'll make a deal. If you buy the tractor, I'll go out there and get it. Uh-huh. So my, it was in early November and my wife and my oldest son at that time, he was, well, he was, he would have been like three or four. We went to Portland, Oregon. I see. And it was just poor timing. It just works out that at night is when we hit the mountains every day. We uh-huh. we oh, drive yeah. in the daylight and it would be flat. It just happened we'd hit the mountains at night. In November, it wasn't very smart. <laughs> uh, that, that doesn't work very good. Yeah, yeah it couldn't have been any closer, huh? No, no. But it, it was a fun trip. I definitely do it again. It's kind of fun. Right. I mean, what what year was that in? Do you have that any was probably idea? about twenty twelve. 22. Okay. Yeah. It seems like everybody has a good eBay store. You know, my dad bought a, a frick off eBay one time, you know, and it's like oh. at the time that was the, that was kind of the, one of the places to look for stuff like that. You don't see as much oh, yeah. of it anymore on eBay, but you know, at, at one time you could get on there and there'd be a tractor or steam engine or two, you know, it's kind of funny looking back on it now because you just don't see it anymore. No, no. Yeah. I was a little leery at the time, but he had a phone number and he turned out he was a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's kind of got to watch out on there. It, you never know. It's kind of hit and miss. Like you say, there's not really a whole lot of stuff on there. But hell, you know, sometimes you jump on there and there's a whole bunch of stuff, and it's like, well, I wasn't looking at this last week and haven't looked at it for two months, and now there's stuff on there. So yeah, I mean, I have yeah. to admit, I, I basically look on eBay about every day, but but mostly for parts and pieces and stuff like that, you know. And it's kind of an addiction in a way. But uh, from time to time, I find good stuff, you know. But you definitely don't find the like the whole pieces lots of time anymore on there. Yeah, yeah, that's no. for sure. I've kind of stopped looking at eBay because I'm afraid I'd find something I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I pay my credit card that's... bill every month, I kind of remind myself maybe I should delete that app off my phone. You know? Yeah. yeah. My dad said he was going to take my phone away from me because I always find stuff on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, see. When my dad got a smartphone, that's when it kind of really took off. Then he was pestering me with everything. He's like, he'd send me a link to it. But but first it was, you know, you send the screenshot of something and it's like, well, dad, I can't look at that. You know, you gotta, you gotta send me the link. So once I got him schooled up on that, now he just sends me the link and you just never know what he's sending me from time to time, you know, but it's all in good fun. And, And we find a lot of good stuff from time to time. Oh yeah. It's amazing how much stuff is on the internet. Whatever you want, you can find out there. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. It is crazy. Stuff that you think is quote-unquote hidden uh, out there in the bush or something. Somebody's got a picture of it, and it's on Facebook, oh, yeah. but it's la- it's labeled as old, old rusty truck, tractor, train, and, uh, you know, you, you kind of get in the weeds, and you search for random stuff, and all of a sudden, you, you open it up, and there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that people have posted. Yeah. Or you have to go, and like, if you're searching for Rumley parts, you, you spell the word wrong. And you'll yeah, find spell more if yeah, you gotta spell spell it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So uh, you know, are you guys particularly involved in a certain show in your area? Is there a, what how many shows are like roughly in your area or how many shows do you attend uh, during the summer and stuff like that? Well it seems like we don't attend as many shows as I'd like to because farming we're just so busy. Sure. And I yeah. I think I always feel like Nebraska might not have as many shows because we don't have as many people. And all the farmers, we have to irrigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we try to hit several shows, though. Uh, there's a lot of open houses, it seems like, more in the state. That's getting to be a, a bigger thing. We always go to, like, uh, Eppings have a really nice crank up. And uh, yeah. Griff Malik has a nice show. There's a show by Hayes, uh, Platte Valley we go to. We hit Camp Creek in Petersburg. Our main show that we go to is the old trusty show at Clay Center because it's like 10 miles from our house. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what they, they thrash there. Do they have a sawmill there or anything like that? Or is it just mostly thrashing? And- yeah, they have a small, they have a small sawmill. They thresh corn shelling, baling, and switch cutting, a okay. big tractor pole, 
lot of horses, cars. Uh, so it, it's a nice, well-rounded show. Yeah, unfortunately, I've never been there during the show. That falls the same weekend as the uh, McLeod's Kansas. Or no, sorry, that's uh, that'd be the Boonville, Missouri weekend uh, okay. show. And it's well, and being the weekend after Labor Day, it seems like we we just never have made it up there yet. But I really would like to. I've been to the showground several times, you know, off show season, you know, and uh, certainly have a nice grounds there and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and usually that being the weekend after Labor Day, the the weather's a little nicer. It can get a little warm in Nebraska at times. Hey, it's sometimes you have to wear coat and sweatshirt in the morning, and then you can wear shorts in the afternoon. This year will be a good year. We're featuring Avery, so that that'll be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, that would be neat. Chris, did you decide if you were going to try to get the Avery to Clay Center, or is that still on the table yet? Well, Jake, your your father-in-law has scheduled his sawmill day the same weekend as their show. Is the problem uh, that I'm running? Oh, that's terrible timing. It is. Uh, it's, I, I mean, didn't put two, I didn't put two and two together there, Kevin. Well, you're you should have told me that this, before I said I'd come you know, on the show. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, uh, Jake's father-in-law has a uh, sawmill day, and and this well, every is it every three years, Jake, that they do a plow thing. Well, uh, it, yeah, every every year we we saw we saw usually uh, forty or sixty dogs or something. There's quite a few engines that that come over and kind of have a three-day little get-together thing but every every three years just for crop rotation when when wheat's in the in the 20 acre field out here behind our place uh yeah we we plow 20 acres and that's that's what's coming up this year so uh, so i kind of the engines will you have plowing uh usually on a sawmill year there's probably six or eight engines on a on a plowing year we've had up to 12 engines here before oh wow um yeah, it's 20, 20 acres. It's three quarters of a mile long. It's a really nice, straight, flat field, which is kind of uncommon here in, in Michigan for kind of a little private, do whatever you want to type field. Um, so it's kind of, I don't know, it kind of makes it feel like you're you're actually plowing versus, you know, doing a, a I don't know, eighth of a mile, you know, round or whatever, at, you know, mo- most of these shows anymore. So we've got uh, we've got three prairie plows that we pull behind the engines, and there's usually three engines out in the field going round and round and round from basically sun up to sundown, and yeah, it's a it's a really good time. And and this year we're kind of fortunate we're we're gonna have the first prairie tractor there this year uh, with that oh, yeah. thirty sixty out thirty sixty out in Taylor. We're getting that all tidied up and uh, into shape so we can get that out and. And pull a plow so we're looking really looking forward to that this year you know you'll get spoiled running that altman taylor when you're done you can just <laughs> shut it off and walk away <laughs> boy you, you kevin you should have seen it here three three or four weeks ago we had it out we've done i guess we haven't kind of talked in a while but we've we've done a whole bunch of work to it this winter kind of getting it i don't know ready to run and everything you know i have a run for middle 80s or something and uh it's it's starting to run better now. We got a little bit more to go, but man, it was it was really not the day to get it out here a couple three or four weeks ago. It had just rained, and it was there was snow on the ground, and it had melted the day before. And even just walking across the paths that we have to to run our stuff around on here, you would sink in two or three inches just walking across. Well, we we thought it was a a really good idea to get that tractor out and take it for a ride and. Boy, we spent two hours rinsing the mud out of the wheels on the thing, and there was probably six or eight wheelbarrows full in each of them rear wheels. And oh my God, was it a disaster! Oh, but yeah, but you had fun, didn't you? Oh man, wouldn't have traded it for nothing. (laughs) So yeah, that uh, I mean, to get get back or whatever, that was kind of the the my deciding factor of probably not going to be able to make your show this year for the Avery feature, although I'd really like to bring our Avery back up there to Nebraska and have it at the show and all that kind of stuff, but unless I can get Jake's father-in-law to change uh, his dates there, uh, I'm afraid that my family's, and my wife is kind of weighing in on that too, that we're headed to Michigan. So, we'll see, but I, I definitely yeah, Well, you kind of have to do what the wife says. At times, it's it's in my better interest. <laughs> yes. I we I I agree I agree. You can bring you can bring the Avery up here if you want. That'd be yeah fine. yeah yeah. I I could do that, and, and that's been that's been talked between me and Jake as they get the two Nebraska tractors back together sometime. You know, uh, yeah. but and it might have to happen. It, I really wish I could have ours 
uh, Avery at your Avery feature this year. And it's not, I guess it's not completely out of the subject. I mean, I don't know what my dad's plans are that weekend. Uh, if he's going to Michigan or if he's, uh, you know, could come up to Nebraska. I really don't know. We haven't crossed that bridge yet. Well, currently we have about 11 Avery tractors and steam engines lined up. There's a still talking to that we're hoping to get. So that's that, a that pretty good amount. For, no, I mean, that's a that's a fairly good amount for Avery stuff. I mean, I can't think off the top of my head uh, what show you could go to and see that many or whatever. I mean, uh, that's, that's a good amount, really. And you guys yeah, had a pretty we... decent turnout at the Rumley Expo and all that a few years ago. Uh, but then again, another show that I wished I could have made it to and just couldn't make it happen. The Rumley Expo wasn't bad, but it it was it was terrible that week. We had so much rain. Mm-hmm. The Saturday, mm-hmm. they had so much rain in Lincoln, they canceled the football game. And oh, wow. it rained and rained starting Saturday, and it didn't stop until about the Thursday before the show. We had people in the state that they were like, we can't, we can't get it through our yard. So, yeah, we had over 40 items at the show, and I know of at least another 15 that called that they just couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then we had to move stuff on the showgrounds. We had to put them at different places and no tractor pull, no horses. A bunch of the friends couldn't make it. So it Mm -hmm. was just, I was excited because I'm a big Rumley fan. And then to have all that rain and I was like, oh. Sure. Man, that's one, that is one thing that'll absolutely kill a show. You know, you could have a hundred degrees and there'll still be people that'll show up and, Man, that rain, that is just a show killer. And it sucks because, you know, you put a lot of effort into putting these features together and everything. And when you get Mother Nature not cooperating with you, it's just, that's really a downer. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, the isn't that what happened will to... Still come, but the, the fair weather fans, if it's rainy, they will not come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Isn't isn't that what happened to uh, Prairie Plowing Days a couple of years ago? There was a really big rain out or something. Yeah, the the first time that they were yeah, going to have it, I mean, it one. was just a just a drowned out. I mean, it was it was horrible. Like when I uh, when we traveled from our house out there, I mean, you pulled onto the the gravel road that Kurt lives on there, and man, the ditches were were just level with water, the same uh, height as the road. It was it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah, which we I, were we were we were going to come out. We were actually yeah. all kind of all packed up and ready to go and we looked at the forecast and mm-hmm. we actually decided not to get in the truck and, and leave and it, I guess it's a good thing if we didn't go because yeah, what you guys are saying, it was just absolutely a, a, a drowned out. I mean, there was a yeah. ton of rain. Well, I'm sure we still went at a great time but there wouldn't have been much action going on. Sure, sure. No. Yeah, the, mostly people just you know, sat there and didn't drive much around. And then yeah. they moved it back to, they ended up plowing. It would have been the weekend of our show. They moved it back those few weeks. Oh, that's so right. Yeah. Go back down there when they did plow. That's why I was getting to ask you if you, I don't remember seeing you at that second weekend, uh, but I guess that explains it. That would have been the same weekend as your show. Yeah. But I was glad when they did the, the big dig here. What was that? Oh, man. One? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, a that good was... time, except for the, the heat and the wind. The heat and the wind were a bear, but no, it's a, have you ever happened to have been to one of the HCA events or anything like that? I had not. They, so I don't know, man, I'm, I'm going to say 13 years ago, 14 years ago, we took my grandpa out to Bowling Green, Ohio, which is where their headquarters is and went to their show there. And it's very impressive. If you ever can get to something like that. And because I think, don't mark my words, but I think that they, have it at Bowling Green one year, and then the next year they have it somewhere else, and then back at Bowling Green, and then somewhere else. And it, just going out to Bowling Green in their museum, they have, and the, the you know they have a bunch of equipment that uh, belongs to the organization there. It, it's quite the deal. Uh, it was very neat, and then to see you know Kurt bring all the and, and everybody that helped Kurt and their team. I'm saying Kurt because it happened on his property, uh, but to see all that come together and the amount of people that traveled in, I mean. There was people I was talking to from New Jersey and Pennsylvania, New York and California, and all that kind of stuff uh, to see everybody gather there. And the amount of stuff that they had was just super impressive. Yeah, it was a very impressive display. And the, the nice thing about having it there is that, you know, some shows you go to and not all of them, but they're lacked for room. 
you know, when it's very crowded and stuff like that, and out there at Kirk's, that is not the case. There is just miles to run around on and don't really have to worry about, you know, running over people because there's plenty of room and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that deal in, in Bowling Green, we've got some friends that take steam engines there. And I've never been there. Uh, Dad and some other guys, they've, they've all went down and they say it's just a really awesome in a different event not a not your typical steam show they just you know they're they're out they're out pulling scrapers and uh big graders and there's people on rock trucks and there's uh just all sorts of equipment you don't normally see i guess you see them in old pictures and everything but they're actually out moving dirt around i mean heck they move that dirt six or eight times throughout the day oh yeah uh, they're they're just out there having a ball yeah, I mean we. That's... Yeah, I mean we. Uh, you know, we're obsessed with steam engines and tractors, but I mean them guys, they're obsessed with that stuff. That's what they live and breathe, and it's it's really nice to see those collectors take that old equipment like that and do something with it. Because to me, that that group of people is even a lot smaller than the tractor and the steam engine hobby, and and hopefully that there's still new people getting into it and keeping that stuff alive because it's really neat to see all that stuff. Yeah, I always sure. enjoy looking at the the sandbox there at Rolog with all the steam cranes and all the dirt oh, yeah. equipment there. Yeah, it's oh, pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rock River in uh, Wisconsin, they've got kind of a similar deal there. They've got, uh, I think they might have just gotten a steam shovel finished up after a restoration and and taken out there, but it's the same type of deal. They've got all sorts of antique uh, dirt moving equipment. They've got uh, big drag lines set up there on the hill and big graders and scrapers and you know they're out there having just as much if if not more fun than the steam and, and gas guys out kind of you know towards the infield there and it really draws a crowd too if you walk back there there's like there's probably more people back there than there are up in the steam area too at you know certain points so we were talking about we'll, we'll kind of stay on the prairie plowing days for a minute uh i mean you guys had your altman taylor there uh which was really neat because it was the only square rating altman taylor at the show which is quite the prize and you know, it was really neat to see all the Altman Taylors out there plowing together and really great photos that I don't feel it got circulated as much as I would hope to. Uh, I feel like I've talked to a couple of different people about it. and They're like, really, you guys did that? And I was like, oh, yeah, there were several. Of, I don't I can't even remember the count now. But uh, man, that was just a lot of fun to be out there. Yeah, there's like, what, six or seven Altman Taylors out in the field yeah, once plowing. That sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we don't get to plow in our area because there's very little wheat and you don't have much room so that was the first time we went out and plowed with it and we had a lot of fun yeah that was that was same for us i mean uh where we're at in missouri it's pretty hilly i mean finding a good flat spot to go out or or anything it's not terraced really bad or something like that it's pretty uncommon so it, we my dad i know had a ton of fun out there getting to plow with this tractor finally and that was actually like since we had had our own taylor that was kind of the first show we'd ever really taken it to uh oh. i mean we we attend several shows around here, but we usually take a steam engine and we just never hauled Dalton and Taylor around. And uh, so that was a lot of fun to get it out there and stretch its legs. We, we've ran it at home several times and sawed with it several times and graded the road with it, stuff like that, but never had gotten out to go plow with it and stuff like that. Well, that was the same with us. Uh, we leave, we leave our Altman Taylor at the Clay Center show and the guy we bought it from had had it at the show. So we never had it where we could go out and play with it too much. You know, we yeah. thresh with it and saw with that play center, but not able to, you know, go out and drive it and plow. So it was, sure. we really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Those pictures that I seen of all those, uh, Alton Taylors remind me of that, uh, is a farm in Montana. I think it's like it's called the Campbell farm. I don't, Chris, I don't know if you've seen those pictures. It's a, there's, there's several pictures of like six or eight, yeah, the Altman Taylors mm-hmm. uh, out in the field plowing and pulling combines. Uh, uh, I think they're, they're pulling binders in one, and then they're pulling combines, and then they're pulling those uh, elevating road graders. Um, there's there's some black and white videos uh, footage of them. You know, there's no sound or anything, but it's from the era that they were actually being used. And that, seeing those pictures out there of all those tractors in the field plowing together really reminded me of the that Campbell firm there in, in Montana if you guys go to YouTube if you type that in I think it's called the Campbell farm type in Campbell farm Alton Taylor Montana or something like that and surely mm-hmm. you'll find all these these black and white uh, uh, videos that have been uploaded and it's really cool uh, if you're into the hobby like we are and, and kind of like to nerd out on stuff 
there's it's just really cool original footage of fields being worked and roads being being built with these 3060 Alton Taylors. It's really really cool. Yeah, that was that, and I think that's kind of what they wanted to base that off of was the photos of that. Uh, you know, to see that many in the field at one time and and all that kind of stuff. And it was also really neat because I was sitting here trying to thank uh, our tractor and Kirk Core's tractor and Brad Smith's tractor, Jerry Taves' tractor. They were all, they're kind of still in their work clothes, you know, so it was kind of neat to see that many original ones out there too, uh, lined up back to back and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it was, it was, it was just a, a great time and a fun time. And it, I think it was, even though like if you're just a spectator at that show, uh, there's a lot of walking involved uh, if you don't have something to ride around on and stuff like that. But I think there's another great aspect of that is that you get to see stuff out in the wide open and not cluttered and, and not places to run around or something like that. It was really neat just to see them. Yeah, I mean, literally in the backdrop of nothing behind them except for the rolling hills, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was a good representation with the, the four round radiator 3060s, the yeah. one square radiator, and then the 2550 round radiator. Yeah, you, know, you oh, just yeah. don't see all of those together in one place. No, no, no. And then, well, we can talk about it. I mean, like Dan Christ has a sixty ninety Twin City there. I mean, I, as far as I know, I don't think he has been to any other show besides right there. You know, so that was that was yeah, really neat. Uh, just all kinds of good stuff there. Yeah, yeah, it was a good show. I still think I'm getting dirt out of my ears though from that show. <laughs> <laughs> I told my I told my wife I was like. You know, I said, you've seen a sandblast before. I said, that's, that was the whole weekend was you were just getting sandblasted the entire weekend. It was, it was something else. Yeah. You know what I like about that? I've got a couple pictures of my, my boys on the plows and they were just, they're just filthy. Absolutely filthy. Yeah. What I like about that though, is everything has really shiny wheels at the end of it. Everybody's wheels are polished. The, all the moldboards on the plows are polished and that just that I don't know why it just that makes me happy inside. I I like walking by something that looks like it's done something throughout its day. You know, it's like seeing a, a really shiny flywheel on a steam engine or something that's been thrashing all day or on a sawmill. And, uh, it just makes for a really good picture. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like when you go to some of those shows and you see a beautifully restored John Deere and it's sitting on carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Do you I correct me if I'm wrong, I, I can't quite remember, but didn't you recently get a steam engine? Yes. That's a what I thought. Old, that frick portable. Yeah. So what brought what brought that along? I mean, uh was that something that had some history with you guys or uh what well, brought... we've always kind of wanted a steam engine, but then at times oh you know, there's a lot of work and but I had first seen this steam engine at a show, a local show, family show in 86. And I have a mm-hmm. picture of myself by it when I was, I'm going to date myself here, when I was seven. Uh-huh. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to purchase it from the same family this fall. Uh, so that, that's kind of neat. Yeah, that, that is really neat. The next time you're up in this area, though, I'll have to have you take a look at it. I'll yeah. Give you some pointers. Uh, well, I'd be glad to stop by anytime. I need to get by your place. Last time I was up that way, we were kind of short on time. And I thought, well, I really need to get in there and see them guys just because I never had been to your place and all that kind of stuff. And, and same to you. Anytime you're down this way, you need to come on by. But uh, do you have any projects you're working on right now or anything like that? Well, we're working on a, a 2550 Avery. It was the the field conversion so it would have had the round radiator and then it was converted to the, the more modern radiator uh-huh. uh we're trying to get it all ready for the show we're not doing a full restoration now because we're afraid that it'll be one of those projects when you get into it you're it's our snowball sure so, sure. so we're we're having it so it'll be safe and we can run it and then we'll tear into it yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the the mag and the carburetor gone through, uh, and then Dan Kester went through the the fan drive, and he did a beautiful job on it. Uh, Justin did the the carburetor and the mag, and he's probably going to end up getting the the tractor too to to do the work. the The governor is really worn, and the the clutch is really worn, 
And I, I have a feeling that the, the engine might be a little tired too. Mm -hmm. And in this area, it's just hard finding someone that you, you can trust and that knows what they're doing. And hey, sure. you give something to, you all know Justin, you give something to Justin, these are fix it right. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's done, he's done a few mechanical things on a couple uh, things for me and, and I refer him to everybody. How, how, how close to your 2550 is, is that one, Chris? What's the, what's the serial number on, on that one, Kevin? You're putting me on the spot here. I was going to say mine's a, my 4080 and my 2550 are the same year. They're 1920. I was trying to remember. I think I this think one's that, a 21. I was thinking, I don't know why I know this, but I was thinking that our tractors weren't that far apart, our 2550s. What we'll to get with that? For some reason, I was thinking that there was a, a difference in the tr in the tractor serial numbers, but the engine serial numbers were actually pretty close. Uh, you know, where they only built so many 2550s in that in that time span or whatever, uh, which was kind of neat. But because like I think that like our 2550 and our 4080 are like a thousand serial numbers apart, but they're the same year because they built more 4080s that year than anything else or something or other. If I remember right. It's a, I don't know if you know, have you ever met Mike Travis or talked to Mike Travis from uh, Iowa? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to him several times about his uh, Avery serial number list and year list and all that kind of stuff. And he's super knowledgeable and all that stuff. And if you have any question of, of when something was made of Avery wise, I mean, he's the guy to go to. Uh, he spent a lot of time researching things, serial number breaks and tractors and and all that kind of stuff, and just a wealth of knowledge. Were all those? I'm were all to those? Here and find my serial number. Were all of those Avery tractors stamped up there on the front, on the on the frame, on the engine frame? As far as I know, yes. No, does that? Or yeah, R two Averys back. have the stamps? Are they? Are, are they all the? So you you're talking about the engine being different? Are the the engines also stamped different from the frame, or similar to the frame? So. Like our twenty five fifty, the the brass tag on it has an uh, they all have a, a engine serial number, and the crankshaft on the twenty five fifty also has the stamp on it. Well, and the flywheel is I think I'm I'm sure there's maybe more spots I don't know, but I know the flywheel stamped, the end of the crankshaft stamped, and the tag is stamped. On our twenty five fifty, all those numbers match. On our forty eighty, the tag. And the flywheel match, but the crankshaft is different. And whether that's just how they put together the thing together, I don't know. Me and Justin have talked several times about the history of that tractor and things that we think that have been done to it, one thing or another. But the, I would, me and Justin both think that the engine was overhauled on R4080 at some point because of the condition it's in. Uh, so then the thought crossed my mind as well, maybe somebody switched out this crankshaft, but the thing is the crankshaft is actually an older serial number than what the track or than what the engine serial number is on the tag for whatever reason. So I don't know if it's just how they put them together that day or, or how that all shakes out. Yeah, that's kind of odd. It is odd. Yeah, you know, they all have their own story. Sorry, bear with sure. me. I'm still I'm still looking for the serial number. You got me thinking now. <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was, I was just curious more than anything. Twenty-seven four two. Oh yeah, yours is way newer then. But do you know what your engine serial number is by chance? It's the same one. It matches. Oh, it matches. Okay, yeah, that's way newer than mine. Mine's my tractor serial number is like uh, sixteen nine seventy nine or something. So, out of your collection, uh, do you have a favorite? <sighs> that's a good gotta question. Got to be that Frick portable. It's got to be probably either the C case that was bought new. Or my first tractor, of all the tractors we have, this is odd. My first tractor was an F-20. Okay. When I was mm -hmm. seven years old, my grandfather brought home an F-20. The wheels were rotted off, and it was just sitting in the yard. It, it looked like junk. And I begged and pleaded for that tractor. I cleaned the shop. I scraped all the grease, and he finally gave me that tractor. And they, it's just a yeah, plain Jane F twenty. It has a power lift, but that would probably be it. Yeah, sometimes well, I'm sure there's quite a bit of sentimental value there and everything else. Yeah. It, lots of times that stuff outweighs whatever the 
the item could be or not be or whatever, you know. Uh, everybody has their favorite, no matter what it is. It's always fun driving a Rumley uh, until you drive an Altman Taylor. <laughs> and Altman Taylor's drive so much better. <laughs> uh. You know, we had uh, our Altman Taylor before we, we got our e-oil pull. And, you know, the e-oil pull thing, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard the story, but it was a spur of the moment purchase, honestly. And and when we got it home and I got the thing running, and, and to me, an e-oil pull has the... It has a, uh, yeah, it has yeah, a lot of wow factor going to it. But by yeah, the way that yeah. you start it, one thing or another, and, and I always have enjoyed it, and I always think it's neat. And but man, you go jump on Altman Taylor, and it's like, man, I don't, I don't even know how any of these E's exist. Why didn't they all get drove off in ditches somewhere? And, and I know there are a lot of, I know there are favorite tractors for a lot of people, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure Dan's Chris has told me a few times that's his favorite tractor. Uh, but man. I, I could think of a lot of other tractors besides wanting to hop on the E-Oil every day. Yeah. <laughs> They're loud. You can't hear. You can't steer. Sure. You can't see. Well, the old, My... old guys used to talk about uh, plowing with an E-Oil and it they were really great for breaking prey ground because when them cylinders would, would hit, it would actually like kind of jerk the plow ahead a little bit and and I've rode behind an eel on a on a prairie plow before, and get off and walk behind it, and hold your hand on the beam of the of the the plow that it's pulling, and you can actually feel what 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 it was that they were talking about. You can feel the thing kind of jerk ahead a little bit, and that's what they were saying that they liked about it was it, it broke the prairie ground really well. Oh, I could see that. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. I've also heard similar stories about like. Uh... Uh, plowing behind single cylinder steam engines and really hard ground mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of my favorite tractors, though, of all time is an F Remley. I've, yeah. Anytime there's an F, I have to watch it and listen to it. And yeah. That was a tractor that we really had wanted and finally was able to get one a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's also one on my list. That uh, To me, the well, the single cylinder you know they're just different you know uh, an e has the sound of its own and to me an f has the sound of its own and, uh, and f is definitely on my want list well what are you working on chris oh man well yeah you got how much you, time you, how much time you got kevin <laughs> <laughs> do you want do you want the short or the long <laughs> you know <laughs> well well, I've got a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, I've been I've been a little on the stress side. Uh, we have our uh, joint review coming up for our R stamp at the shop, which isn't a huge deal, but it is a big deal. And and, and trying to uh, get ready for that and prep for that, so that pulls me into the office quite a bit. Uh, but then everybody else and my dad, uh, they're working on stuff in the shop. We've got a case road roller that uh, we're we're really closing in on, honestly. Um, I painted some of the the last parts for it today. Actually, I got one more coat to put on tomorrow, and then uh, I, that's that's pretty much all the painting work to be done on it. And Dad put the bunkers on yesterday, I believe, for the final time. Um, you know, it's going to be down to to pinstripe and just the just the small stuff. Uh, I mean. We get off on other things, but I, I would like to say by the end of the month, I'll probably be pinstriping this thing. Uh, oh, wow. And we just started today putting a 60-horse case together that uh, we built a new boiler for. And over the past, oh, six months or whatever, we have uh, done a bunch of, gotten a bunch of machine work done uh, on the engine, plus done a bunch of machine work in-house. And uh, basically, and everything's been painted and, and everything's just ready to assemble back together. So we started on that today. Always working on boilers, uh, getting ready to start on three boiler projects. We just finished up, I don't know, two went out the door last week or the week before, and two others got done the week before that, I guess it was. So there's always lots of stuff. But personally, I've been working on our 4080 Avery. Uh, I mentioned on the first episode that we had a, uh, it has a a drive shaft. The governor shaft uh, drives off of the camshaft, which drives the oil pump that's in the bottom of the engine. And it sheared a pin off after I've had the thing several running several times. It sheared a drive pin 
that drives that oil pump. I started up one day and there was no oil in the little jar. And I was like, Oh no, what am I going to do? Um, so I, I talked to Justin a little bit and, and Tyler Kester too, because I'd never had, I've never had one opened. Uh, our 2550, when we bought it, the engine had been overhauled. So I've, I've never worked on the engine on it. So we popped the cam, uh, tower off the thing and, uh, Oh, ended up, it's just like you said earlier about 2550, uh, things snowballing, uh, ended up making a new mag shaft for it, new governor shaft for it, rebuilding the governor. And I'm pretty, I'm, I'm 90% probably ready to put the thing back together. Uh, there's a few other things I need to do, but as I just talked to you about all the stuff going on in the shop, I just haven't had a ton of time to work on the thing. And, uh, need to get the thing back together here in the next week or two. Uh, we, we would really like to haul it around to at least one show this year, if not a couple shows, uh, to get it out and about. Uh, we, we've already ran the thing several times. And man, it's, it's so quiet in the gearing and it's just a, a fun tractor to run around and, and like to get it at a show and listen to it on the song. It has a nice look. It looks really nice. You know, when I seen the tractor for the first time, I, I knew that it was a really nice original tractor. Uh, but it, at the same time, it, just as you had seen it, it had that chalky gray looking color to it. Yes. Yeah. And to me, I was like, what is going on with that? You know, and, and why does it look like that? And when we got it out of the barn, which had been the first time it was out of the barn since the 80s, it was still kind of that chalky color, but you could tell that it was red paint. It wasn't gray paint, and it almost for a second looked like there was gray over the red. It was weird looking. And then as soon as I got it home, I started steam cleaning it, and as soon as you would get that paint wet, it turned red. And just like a perfect red. You could see all the pinstripe and all the stuff, and, and since then, I've just kept it soaked down with WD-40, and it brings that red out and that chalkiness and that, and that gray color. And some of that gray color even washed off. It was really weird. I, I don't know if it's the paint that they used at the time or what, but uh, man, that original paint just has really came through, and, and I, I couldn't be happier. I feel like I won the lottery. My wife would never understand that, but I feel like I won the lottery <laughs> by being yeah, able we to purchase all that track. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, and and I don't know. There, there's nothing wrong with painted up, pristine, restored tractors, uh, but I really like them original. That's that's the way I really like them. So, I, no, I'm I, like I said, the same way pretty feel pretty lucky that me and dad got to purchase that one and like i said hope to get it to a couple shows this year and get it out and about for people to see it again and, and all that kind of stuff well uh kevin I, I appreciate you uh joining us tonight i hope you have had fun i hope maybe you'll join us again sometime on here uh i think you have some great stories to tell and uh you know you're, you're constantly working on stuff like the rest of us and you know have a little bit of uh, knowledge to share with everybody and, and we'd love to have you back on sometime well, I had a great time. Uh, yeah, we're always working on something. We don't get anything done, but we're always working on something, I guess. <laughs> shop yeah. time is shop time. Yeah, like yeah. us all. Yeah. Like us all. Yes. But I'm glad that you guys started the podcast. You know, I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I never found anything that I really enjoyed. So I, sure. I'm glad you guys sure. started this. Well, we, we appreciate that. And, uh, and thanks for tuning in with us and joining us. And, uh, you know, hope to see you again soon sometime. Yep, yep. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you, guys. And uh, this will wrap up the episode. Thanks for joining in again. And we'll see you next time. Uh, before we get wrapped up here, I just want to uh, take a little bit of time here. I guess we'll start this episode and kind of see how it goes. If we get some, some good feedback or if, uh, maybe we don't want to do this. But uh, I want to start by – I wonder if everybody even knows about this sh uh, show directory. There's a uh, the farm collector group puts a show uh, steam and, and gas directory together uh, every year with a list of all the shows across the country and um, thought maybe this would be a good platform to just go through and, and list off the stuff that's upcoming. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and uh, you guys are going to have to bear with me a little bit because it's a little bit of reading. I'd like to do maybe just a uh, like a two week outlook on on stuff. I guess maybe it depends on when our, our podcasts drop every every other week or whenever we end up getting a schedule or a routine out. But there's uh, there's quite a few coming up here in the next two weeks. So I thought, yeah, I'll just go through some of those. Starting here, this coming yeah, this coming week, 
National Cockshut Club Spring Meeting in Michigan. There's a Ag Heritage Park uh, Spring Crank Up. It's a tractor show in Kansas. Uh, also in Kansas, there is a Kansas Antique Engine Show Safety Association Steam School. So if you're looking to learn a little bit more about steam engines and want to attend a steam school, feel free to look that up. Uh, I think Chris might know a little bit more about that if you want to reach out to him specifically or get in contact with someone. I'm sure he can get you hooked up. Maryland Steam Historical Society Spring Crank Up. Uh, that's a Maryland Trust Antique Tractor and Engine Show. That's in Tennessee. Annual Texas Cotton Gin Museum, Burton Cotton Gin Festival and Antique Tractor Show. Uh, that's in Texas. Wood County Flywheelers Bill Graham Plow Day is in West Virginia. The 37th Annual Urbana Farm Toe and Col uh, Toy and Collector Show in Ohio. That is all coming up this weekend. Into the following weekend, we've got International Agri-Center uh, California Antique Farm Equipment Show in California. We have a Corn Item Collector Association Spring Meeting in Illinois. Uh, Mid-Michigan Antique Machinery Spring Swap Meet in Michigan. Kyle Spring Antique Engine Expo in Ohio. Uh, another Texas one here, East Texas Antique Tractor and Engine Club, Memories of Yesteryear. Uh, another Michigan one, Scott's Old Time Power Equipment Plow Day and Swap Meet in, uh, in Michigan. Annual Buckwheat Plow Day in New York. Uh, 12th Annual Union County Tractor and Power Club Farm Show and Festival, that's in North Carolina. Power of Yesteryear Vintage Farm and Construction Show. Uh, that is in Ohio, and then the last one here in the next two weeks is in Pennsylvania, Rough and Tumble Engineers Historical Association Antique Tractor Pool. Yeah, whole uh, whole bunch of stuff happening across the country. Hopefully, uh, you guys see some interest there and and look into those. Uh, I believe I'll be attending probably the the Scotts uh, Scotts Old Time Powered Equipment Plow Plow Day and Swap Meet in uh, in Scotch. We usually hit that. Uh, well, every other year or so, usually a pretty crappy day, but good day for a for a ride and go look at some look at some iron. So that's uh, that kind of wraps up the the show directory. If you guys have questions about the show directory, I think just drop Chris and I a line, and maybe we can uh, get get some info about the the directory out there. If you guys are are looking for for the uh, this little book, and uh, yeah, feel free to reach out with us to uh, get any. Are there any other information on these uh, on these shows upcoming?